Hello, my name is Shaman, and I am here with Eva Potts. She is my co-host, and this is the Charles Bonnet Syndrome podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss Charles Bonnet, and we talk about what it is. We talk about treatments. We just spread awareness about this condition. So this is the first episode, and I'm glad that you're here with us. So I would like to start by discussing what Charles Bonnet Syndrome is, and uh I guess I'll chime in, and if you want to add anything else, you can you can uh, you can piggyback off the back of me. But uh, what Charles Bonnet syndrome is is it's a condition that affects people that are blind or visually impaired. And what happens is you get visual hallucinations, and they're silent. There's not an auditory component or tactile component. And what happens is uh, these visual hallucinations can either be patterns or colors, or they can be complex things like people or animals. And uh, it usually happens when you're relaxed in a relaxed state, like when you're alone, when you're sleepy. And some things like isolation can exacerbate it or a few other things. But that's the gist of what it is. And it's said to affect about 30 to maybe even 40 percent of people uh, that are blind or visually impaired to different degrees. And uh, there is a percentage of them that it really turns their life upside down and they see some horrific things on a continuous basis. And there's even some people that have reported being able to, well, not being able to, but actually feeling like they're transported in another place, like they're not in their house or something. It is, like I mentioned, there's different degrees of, uh, of Charles Monet. So uh, I'm a caregiver, and I know Eva was a caregiver, and she's an advocate. And, well, first of all, is there anything that you would like to add to that that I may have missed out, left out of that um description of Charles Bonnet ever? It's a fairly um, complex physiological condition because everyone's experience can be different, yet there are so many components that are similar. For instance, the hallucinations can be stars and dolphins all the way to scary nightmarish hallucinations or seeing people in vintage clothing, um, writing on walls, um, so many different aspects and so many different um, levels of Charles Bonnet, like a spectrum, if you will. Um, I would equate it to when autism first came on everybody's radar. Here's where we are with Charles Bonnet. It took people forever to accept that autism was a real thing that people were, were dealing with and children were living with every day. It is estimated, you're correct, that so many people with low vision or onset blindness after being sighted um, are experiencing this and they're being, I wouldn't say ignored. It's just not prevalent enough in the medical and general population knowledge base about what this is. And that's the part we are trying to change. And the only thing I would add is that, um, the world health organization gave us, um, an unfortunate time limit on this. They say that people should recover from Charles Bonnet syndrome with 18, within 18 to 24 months. And that just is not true. Um, we're finding people have had this condition for many years. Some of the people in our support group, as you well know, 17 years, some people 30 years, and they're just plagued with it. And it's, it's unfortunate that they've given this type of uh, deadline of when you should be recovering and people are waiting for that and it doesn't happen. Um, the other thing that I would point out about this condition is that if you are born blind, 
you don't get this. You don't suffer from Charles Binet. Charles Binet is caused by vision loss and the brain continues to send those images to the visual cortex. And so you're seeing, even though you don't have vision, the hallucinations are in front of you as if that is what you are looking at. And if you have any field of vision, it's very confusing to be able to see what is real and what is a hallucination. And it's very difficult, very disturbing. And it's a very, it's actually a very complex condition. Yeah, that was very insightful. That's very helpful information. Thank you for adding your perspective and that additional information. Uh, One thing I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this podcast. So I had the idea to create this podcast and I reached out to Eva and I also reached out to Dr. Gary Cusick, who may be joining this podcast for uh, on a few episodes with us. And they actually are they help and they have a um, Charles Bonnet syndrome uh, weekly support group that they that they have every Saturday. And um, they're very influential. They're on top of research. And Eva actually has an organization, but we'll get uh, into that in a moment. But I just wanted to start this this podcast to have a place to bring awareness, to offer support and offer hope, and also to invite people that have Charles Renee to get on and share their story so people can hear some of the things that go on and learn what it's like to live with this condition and maybe uh, be able to figure out some ways that they can incorporate some things that they do and uh, and and use that in their own lives to to get some some relief or to try some tactics to 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 uh, deal with this condition. So I just wanted to uh, to say that. And I guess we can both share a little bit about ourselves uh, also. So as I mentioned, I'm a caregiver for someone with Charles Bonet, and I'll let them share more about their story and say who they are when they're ready. Uh, but in the meantime, I will just uh, mention that I'm a caregiver of someone with Charles Bonet, and they started experiencing the hallucinations and I did some research. And one day when I typed in hallucinations into Google, I actually found Charles Bonet listed with other things like dementia and a, and a lot of other things that typically can cause hallucinations. So I said, what is Charles Bonet? So I did some research on Google and I also went to YouTube and I watched some videos. And when I did that and I listened to the videos, I said, wow, the things that they're describing in their lives are some of the things that my loved one has experienced. They have uh, low vision and they have, you know, eye disease and things like that. And some of the hallucinations they were, they were saying uh, were similar. So I said, man, I said, how can I get some information about this? So when I went back to Google, I actually found Esme's Umbrella, which is an organization in the UK by um, Judith Potts. She created that. She has a lot of resources and it's like the number one or, or at the time of this recording, like the number one organization uh, to bring awareness to Charles Monet. And she works with Dr. Dominic Finch and a lot of other uh, experts that's trying to bring awareness uh, to this condition. So anyhow, on the website, it actually said it had contact information and said, if you're located in the United States, you should contact Gary Cusick. So I called Gary Cusick and I explained what was going on. And he said, it sounds like Charles Renee. And he mentioned the support group, the weekly support group that he has. And he said, I should come join and invite my loved one. Eventually I did. And, uh, we were able to learn more about the condition, realize that, they weren't alone and uh, just get some tips. 
And, uh, and it was very helpful. And ever since then, I've been a part of that organization. Well, part of that support group, I've joined other support groups. I've been to webinars and I'm just an advocate and a supporter trying to bring awareness to this condition and try to find some ways that, uh, people with this condition can get some relief or some help or possibly a cure. So that's a little bit about me and, and, uh, my journey with Charles Bonet by helping as a caregiver. Uh, what about yourself, uh, Eva? Well, Shimon, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a, I was a caregiver as well. Um, being a caregiver for many years with uh, my mother who was plagued with Charles Benet syndrome. And much like your journey, <clears throat> our journey started with a Google search. My Aunt Rosemary Googled and Googled. We did not know what we were dealing with. And as you mentioned, we were taken to Esme's umbrella. And it was a shame I was thinking that we that the people here in the United States have to reach out to a foreign country to figure out, you know, what we're dealing with and, and who can we speak with to help our loved one. And we went through a, a series of um, emotional up and ups and downs because you don't know what you're dealing with. And the one thing that I want to point out about Charles Benet syndrome is that it's often misdiagnosed. People are given a dementia diagnosis, a schizophrenia diagnosis, or a severe bipolar. It's none of those. And it's mistreated because it's misdiagnosed. And people are given medications that can actually harm them instead of help them. And my mother was given many, many um, antipsychotic drugs that were just horrible for her. She became an amazing fall risk. Um, she did fall several times because of the medications. And they just don't know how to treat Charles Benet right now. So what I've decided to do one day when I awakened after losing mom, and uh, I decided I was going to launch a nonprofit in her honor because it was just so horrific, not only watching my mother suffer with this condition, but also as a caretaker and the level of exhaustion that's associated with it as a caretaker. So I, um, with my brother, um, Kevin, we launched Mary Carmel's Light. We're still in the process of getting that together. And our goal is to bring education and awareness to the general public and the medical community, more importantly, as well. Well, I wouldn't say more importantly, that's not true, because everybody should know about this. There are people that are sitting alone at home, or they're dealing with this, and a loved one doesn't know what they're dealing with. And if you, when you used to Google it, you couldn't find anything. And now, things are starting to come up. Um, Dr. Gary Cusick, as in your journey, was the first person that we spoke with. We had to find him through the UK. And there's also a foundation in Australia and one lone soldier in Canada who is fighting to get Charles Benet recognized. Other than that, there's no other research going on. No one else is paying attention. It's estimated that one in three individuals that, are, that have low vision or are legally blind are suffering with this condition and they sit in silence and they're worried because the stigma of being crazy, uh, quote unquote, is what they're fearful of. So they hide. One of our support group members hid for five years from her husband that she was hallucinating. How you do that, I don't know. Uh, my mom hid it for a very long time. So um, I think the most important thing that we're doing right now is opening up the door so people will come forward so that they can learn how to deal with it, so they can learn how to incorporate it into their life, learn the coping mechanisms that can help them 
deal with the Charles Binet. Some people find it fascinating. There's actually a magician uh, named Richard Turner who is um, a, who has CBS. I'm not. I, I will not say he suffers from it because he actually says that it is. It, he in, enjoys it. It, it makes him who he is, is how he sees. And I think it's incredible. You get this one dynamic over here of just this really positive attitude. And then you have people who just sit in fear and isolation because they don't know how to cope with these hallucinations. So it's really, it's the spectrum. It's the spectrum of Charles Benet. And that's what we're going to find out. It, and um, so when we're up and running, I hope everybody will check us out. We hope to have our website operating very soon, and I have several speaking engagements set up, Shimon, and I'm hoping to bring the awareness. That's what that's what our goal is, just getting people aware of what's going on in, in our own backyard. And I bet you everyone listening to this podcast either knows someone, has known someone, or themselves have this condition. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. And definitely keep us posted on this podcast and any other social media platforms and, and any way that you can, because we need more people like you that are out there beating the pavement, making phone calls, bringing awareness and offering hope. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm hoping I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Dominic Fitch. How do you pronounce yes. his name? Dominic Fitch. Absolutely. And he he is the global research specialist on Charles Binet syndrome. Unfortunately, I believe he's getting ready to retire. Um, Judith Potts, who founded Esme's Umbrella, who is no relation to me, by the way, um, just ironic. And um, he he is now working on a research project where they are trying to discover how prevalent this is with children. They've already established so much research. They've actually finished their research about animals and how either your domestic, your, just a, your domestic dog or cat can alert you when you're having these hallucinations. And so it's amazing to, to think that these animals can pick, can pick up. So what happens and I'm sorry, I digress. They pick up on the hallucinations. You're, you're, when you have a hallucination, what they're finding is that the, the hormones and, you know, in your body change because you're experiencing anxiety. So the animal can detect that. And so they're tapping or nudging and research was actually done in the UK showing that people with support animals are now get, getting helped by their own support animal to help them come out of the hallucinations. I'm probably not explaining myself very clearly on that, I'm sure, but that's what I'm talking about. That type of research was what we need to do here in the United States. We need, we need to help people. If it means rescuing every animal in, the, in every shelter, so be it so that they have a home with somebody who needs help getting through these hallucinations. And that study actually began because somebody with Esme's umbrella associated with the with the charitable organization um, suffered a stroke, lost their vision, began to hallucinate, and his dog started alerting him every single time he would go into a hallucinogenic state. And it fascinated them to the point that they started doing research. And there you go. And so with the research, 
these are the things that you find. And, and it's, that's just the beginning. We have so much to do. That's amazing. Yeah. I was actually on a webinar with a, uh, with Judith Potts, the founder of Esme's Umbrella. And she mentioned that dogs can actually, uh, they can smell your scent, your scent changes when you're having a hallucination. So that is really interesting. And I'm sure they're going to find out more things. But one thing that I wanted to share about Dominic, uh, Dr. Dominic Fitch is uh, I was on a, on a webinar and he actually said that 33% of people with Charles Monet actually like it because the hallucinations are pleasant and for whatever reason they like it, then another 33% can tolerate it. Once they realize that they are hallucinations, they're, they're reassured that they don't have any other kind of mental condition or like dementia or something, they can deal with it. But then there's another 33% where it just turns their life upside down. It's totally devastating and they just want it to stop. And he, he was mentioning that those are the people that they're really trying to push the research for and figure ways to, you know, to help them. But I wanted to say this, too, uh, that if anyone is listening to this and they have a loved one that may be experiencing hallucinations or they think they may have hallucinations or you may have hallucinations yourself. Uh, and if you have all of your cognitive abilities are intact uh, and it could be Charles Monet, especially if you have a visual impairment or low vision. Some people say but vision below 60%, uh, you can start experiencing this. I've heard and you've heard too, ever that some people with vision that is better than that, you know, maybe even 70% of vision they still have, they experience this, but it is tied to a visual impairment. We do know that for a fact. So if there's anyone that has severe vision loss or they may be blind and they're experiencing some kind of hallucinations, at least consider this condition and do some more research until you find out if it's, if it is this or if it's not, because we know that there's medicine that can cause hallucinations. We know that there's other conditions that can cause it. Uh, but you definitely want to, uh, consider this condition. And then, um, once you go down that path, you can learn how to deal appropriately at that point, get some support, talk to other people who have it, uh, listen to this podcast, uh, watch some YouTube videos about it and uh, become become an advocate about it. Talk to your doctor. Some some doctors are unaware of it or they are aware of it, but they don't really speak about it much or or address it that much. Sometimes we're bringing it to the doctor's attention instead of them bringing it to our attention. And sometimes experts that know a lot about it, they say, I'm aware of this, but I can't do anything to get rid of your hallucinations. And that can be discouraging. So it seems like at the time, at least of this recording, that it's about finding support, realizing you're not alone, realizing what the condition is that you have and uh, changing your mind frame as best as possible. And that's easier said than done for people like you and me who are advocates and caregivers. That's why I can't wait to get some people on this podcast that actually have this condition so they can share their experiences firsthand and people can realize they're not alone and learn some tips and some techniques to, to deal with this condition. Absolutely, Shimon. And, you know, the other thing that I wanted to point out is if you are listening to this podcast and you are sitting there dealing with this or a loved one is dealing with this, or if you need to know, is this what we're dealing with as a caretaker or as the person who is suffering or a person who is experiencing? I want to stop using the word suffer because it's an experience first. There is help out there. You can go to CBS Awareness on Facebook. You can call 704-681-3473. And that's our crisis hotline. I forgot my Google number, Shimon, or I'd give that out. 
but also we will direct you to Dr. Gary Cusick, who out of the kindness of his heart is speaking to people who feel they may be dealing with Charles Binet syndrome, experiencing it, and he can help walk you through what you need to do to figure out if that is actually what you are experiencing. And he'll ask you to go to your physician, have assessments done to rule out any other mental, uh, I don't like to say mental disability because it's, it's, that's not a, it, that you're not dealing with any other medical condition that may be causing these hallucinations. A lot of medical conditions, a lot of medications can cause hallucinations. So what we got, we like to go through the process of elimination, but first and foremost, reach out, make the phone call, see if we can't help you get you in the right direction and let you know you're not crazy. That's the big message. You're not crazy because you're hallucinating. You're just, you're, you're not, you're Charles Binet syndrome. If you just have low vision, onset blindness, if you have eyes, Charles Binet syndrome, also known as CBS, can invade your life at any time. And it's not just for old people. This condition is indiscriminate. It, any age, any ethnic background, any gender, it, it doesn't care. If you have eyes, it can invade your life. And that's, when you think about the numbers that we're getting from the UK, just try to imagine that on a global level. That's amazing. Wow. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing this. Well, I would like to share some tips that we've heard. Uh, however many you'd like to share. Um, I guess I can go first. Uh, what I've what I've heard is that, first of all, discussing it, finding someone that you can trust and talk to about a situation, because it doesn't matter what the condition is that you have. If you have someone that, that you love and that you really trust and everyone should have at least one person, even if they're not a family member, and discuss it with them. Uh, that can be helpful and cathartic. Uh, some people discuss even maybe having a therapist or something because it's good to find someone that you can talk to about whatever's going on. But if it's Charles Bonet, a lot of the experts uh, have said that if the lights are on, consider turning them off. Consider wearing an eye patch at night. Uh, consider doing things like uh, maybe relaxing yourself, drinking a cup of tea, uh, blink your eyes a few times, snap your fingers, do something to change the mood and that has been um, helpful for some people. What works for some doesn't work for everyone. And what works one day doesn't necessarily work the next day. But during this uh, podcast, as we record these episodes, I want to just share some things that we have been told that can help people with these conditions. Uh, and there are some medicines out there that have been known to help. But as a whole, medicines don't really help because the way the types of hallucinations uh, or the reason for the hallucinations is a different part of the brain because of the visual impairment that you're lacking. So if you give someone medicine for dementia, it's not necessarily going to work for Charles Bonet. And in many cases, I've spoken to doctors, I've spoken to ophthalmologists that said in most cases, the medicines cause more harm than good. But um, mm -hmm. so I just wanted to mention that. I don't know if you have any tips or techniques. Uh, thank you for leaving your phone number because I know people can contact you and you have a lot of experience with this condition and you have a heart for people and you're more than welcome to uh, listen to them uh, discuss this. But if you have any tips you'd like to share, uh, one other thing I would like to say is also try to find some kind of a support group. There's one in the U.S. that is um, Dr. Gary Cusack has it every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern time and it's on Zoom. It's virtual and we can put the information in the show notes for people to be able to uh, join join that meeting or get some more information so they can join the meeting. 
But is, right. if there's any other information you would like to share about help or hope or some tips, uh, feel free to do that. The, well, I, w- I was just going to piggyback off of what you had mentioned as far as coping mechanisms. There are so many. And really, the point is to distract the person out of the hallucination. And all of your coping mechanisms are spot on. There's a laundry list that Dr. Dominic Fitch has come up with. Um, and it's really, it's person specific. We used music therapy. Uh, we used audiobooks. Um, call a friend. Have a conversation with your loved one. If your loved one is experiencing hallucinations, sit down with them, talk to them, talk it out. Because the frustration that we're finding out people with Charles Binet have is that they're frustrated because they're seeing something and they want you to see it too so they can be convinced they're not crazy. And the, the part about being a caretaker is not playing into that and saying, oh yeah, I see it too, because that doesn't help them at all. And the best response we have found so far is, I cannot see what you're experiencing. And I believe that you are seeing that. Let's see what we can do to, to help you not see that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's as terrifying as taking your loved one into the bathroom and them seeing 12 people standing in there and they're terrified to go to the bathroom. And all of this is so real to them What I want to mention is that as a caretaker, try not to get frustrated. Call us as well as if if you're a caretaker, because that's part of what we do too. We advocate for the caretakers. Being a caretaker is very confusing and frustrating because you don't know what to do. And the unfortunate part is we don't have a lot of good answers, but we have some coping mechanisms for you as well. And we have a support group, as Shimon mentioned, from 12 to, to 1 for uh, Standard Eastern Time, Eastern Standard Time for people with Charles Bonet. And then from 1 to 2, we separate for a caregiver session. And we're not, we're not seeing as many caregivers as, as, we, as we wish we would see because we know how difficult it must be. And what I'm thinking is happening is that they're taking a nap while their loved one is, is, is in the support group because they're exhausted. So is the person with Charles Bonet. Never forget that if you're a caretaker. They're as, they're as exhausted of this as you are. Let's find some temperament to cool down, help each other, instead of putting that person in an isolated state. So too many people end up in mental institutions, psychiatric wards, thrown into assisted living facilities. And there are even people sitting in prison that are charged with crimes that were done or unfortunately done under hallucination and they don't even remember what happened or how it happened. And it's unfortunate and it's happening in every environment. Having Charles Binet does not mean you will not develop other mental health uh, issues as you age or as you live your life. Um, But it is a different physiological condition So one thing at a time, and if you don't deal with it, it can lead to PTSD, anxiety disorder. So the mission, what we're saying here is take care of yourself, take care of your loved one, reach out, spread the word, come to a support group, and then let's go from there. We're all here to help each other. That's that's the mission is to just help everybody get through this, bring awareness to the, the general public and the medical community. And doctors, if you're listening to this, pay attention to your patient when they come in and say that they think they have Charles Binet syndrome. 
and give them some validity, help them, send them to a neurologist, give them a minute, look it up, under, try to understand it because they need you to understand what they are going through. You're the medical professional. They're coming to you for help. So please, if you have any questions or you need help understanding it, don't hesitate to give us a call. We're happy to give you some information. And by the way, November 16th is Charles Benet Syndrome Day. Uh, Judith Potts established it in the UK and we plan to make that a, a global date. So Charles Benet Syndrome Day, if you have it, you have your own day, November 16th. Uh, it's not recognized in the United States yet, but we're gonna get there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, one thing I did want to mention is that presently Charles Bonnet is considered a medical condition, not a mental condition. There's a lot of research that's being done and people are finding things out every day, but it's presently a medical condition because uh, your, your visual, you're not getting the visual input that you've got before your vision loss. So your brain is firing up the issues, the, the images. So it's not like a dementia or it's not like uh, some other kind of uh, uh, mental condition. Um, I'm trying to think of something now. What is, what is another uh, condition? Yeah, it's not like schizophrenia or something like that, Alzheimer's, mm -hmm. which is a form of dementia uh, presently. So I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to point that out. And another thing that I think would be good if there's a medical professional that's listening, especially opt optometrists or ophthalmologists, mention uh, to your patients that this is something that could happen. It's not going to happen to everybody, but this is a possibility that that could prepare them for if so they start experiencing some of these conditions. They can say, okay, my ophthalmologist told me as my vision decreases, there is this condition that could possibly happen. Uh, so, cause people are very alarmed and frightening. I mean, if you're relaxing in your, in your living room and you see, you know, a bear or you see a cat or you see something in there and, and, uh, and it's not supposed to be there, obviously you're going to be frightened. Sure. So, uh, I think that will go a long way if, if they start creating literature, some discussions about, about this. You're absolutely right, Shimon. And as if you're a medical professional listening to this, it is a medical condition. It does have a billable code. It's R44.1. And that's what people are billing it under to diagnose. Um, or also H53.16.8. And that's the ICD code. It is billable and it can be treated with some other interventions such as cognitive behavioral therapy, um, hypnotherapy. There are therapies that work to help people cope with this physiological condition. And Shimon is actually absolutely correct. It is not a mental health condition. It is a physiological condition. So doctors, please pay attention when someone comes to you. Don't let it go so far that they develop other problems in their life when this can be something that can be identified, treated correctly, helped and, you know, yes, we don't have all the answers, but we're looking for them. We're searching for them. But we, we need for everyone to be aware of this so that we can find the right answers. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, we will continue doing this, continue spreading the word and continuing being a resource and to, to do our best to, uh, to help people and give them a platform to discuss this and for a way to, for this uh, condition to be, uh, more people to be aware of this condition, so. And, and we wanna make the disclaimer that we are not medical professionals, we are not doctors, we are here simply to advocate, to be here for people and the caretakers, 
people with Charles Binet syndrome, caretakers with Charles Binet, um, that are taking care of someone with Charles Binet syndrome, or if you just want to know more about it, if you want to get involved, if this is something that you need to look look towards in the future, if you're um, in college and you're going to medical school, pay attention to this. Are you learning about it? Why aren't you? Did you hear about this when you went to school for neuroscience? Why didn't you? This is this is a condition that was identified in 1760. We are way behind the eight ball on this one. So um, <laughs> wow. yeah. we got to catch amazing. up. Yeah, it is amazing. Yeah. So we plan on releasing an episode every week and we will definitely see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thanks, Mom. All right. Thank you.